Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Kicking Out at Two. I'm your host Dave Rosenbluth, and uh, you know this week's show—I'll uh, <laughs> be honest with you—it um, it, it, it was a, a struggle to get through uh, because of uh, technology. Because I fucking hate technology. I absolutely can't stand it. I don't like dragging, clicking this, double clicking this, export this, import that. Go fuck yourself here. Go fuck yourself there. Go fuck yourself everywhere. Because you know what? I'm pretty much done with technology. Uh, full disclosure, this episode was originally going to be a blind date diary. I recently watched the entire pay-per-view of Wrestle War 1991. Um, and then I was going to add a watch-along of the main event from that show, which we still have. We'll st- you'll, you'll still get to watch that with us today. Um, of the main event with the Four Horsemen against Sting, Flying Brian Pillman, and the Steiner Brothers in a War Games match. I did that with Dennis recently. We sat down and watched that. And then I was going to, on the front end, I was going to record some of my thoughts on the rest of the matches on that pay-per-view. And, um, you know, I was, I, I was, <laughs> I was in the middle of downloading a new software to record these podcasts with. Kobe Knight was helping me through FaceTime and we had gotten stuff set up on my laptop and I was ready to rock and roll. Um, and I started recording and then there were some issues with the software and it wasn't. Uh, it, it, it was, I don't know. I can't explain to you. All I know is that I'd sit and I'd record. It show I would record. It recognizes my audio box, but for some reason, um, the, the the audio wouldn't be um, the, wouldn't be at its best. It would sound like there was no microphone. So um, I, I did that twice, and I got to a point where I was like, "Fuck this shit. I'm done with this shit." So I'm not gonna recap my full blind date diary. We're just gonna do a special watch along of this war games match uh with dennis and myself Um, i'll give you the rundown if you want pretty briefly uh regarding this show um i won't get too in depth into it i won't give you my blind date diary if you will um like i normally do and i apologize for that um but you know first match saw the junkyard dog ricky morton wildfire tommy rich uh, successfully defend the six-man tag titles against Big Cat and State Patrol in nine minutes and fifty-four seconds. You can skip that match. Doesn't don't worry about that. Nothing special. Uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton and Brad Armstrong wrestled. Bobby Eaton defeated Brad Armstrong twelve minutes fifty-one seconds. If you want, check that out. Um, fun little Japanese women's tag team match. Itsuki Yamazaki and Mami Kitamura defeated Miss A and Mickey Honda. Um, these girls busted their ass, had a great match, etc., etc. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of backstory because of this is during their uh, relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So JR was trying to give us a little background information, but um, that didn't seem to uh, th- that didn't seem to register with the audience. Uh, they had a fun match, and the commentators could barely pronounce these girls' names. Uh, so maybe you should check out that match too. Um, Dustin Rhodes defeated Nature Boy Buddy Landell. Nothing special. The Young Pistols defeated the Royal Family in 12 minutes and 5 seconds. Really nothing special. Do not go out of your way to watch that. A no DQ match saw Terry Taylor defeat the Z-Man in 10 minutes and 59 seconds. I would highly recommend not watching that match. Um, it was a solid wrestling match, but there was nothing about the no DQ stipulation implemented into the match. Um, we saw a Danger Zone talk segment where Paulie dangerously interviewed Ellie Gante. He basically ripped up, ripped over all of the Latino community in the Phoenix area, including Ellie Gante. It was pretty stupid and tasteless. Um, definitely go out of your way to watch this match. Stan Hansen and Vader in a double disqualification in six minutes, 21 seconds. If there's a match that deserved no DQ stipulation, 
that's the match right there. It was a fun little bar barroom brawl fight atmosphere. I'd go check that out if I were you. Um, definitely fun to watch. That should have gotten that should have gotten at least like six or seven more minutes right there. I think that would have been a really good match. Um, Lex Luger defeated Dan Spivey to retain the United States Championship in 12 minutes and 52 seconds. Um, solid match. Wasn't as bad as I originally thought, but you're not losing any sleep if you don't check this match out. Um, Nikita Koloff attacked Luger post-match, uh, kind of reintroducing himself to the promotion, uh, wanting to be a part of the world title scene, um, having to go after the United States Championship first to do that, as that's the championship that automatically grants you number one contendership to the world title, for those of you wrestling historians out there, if you remember any of that. Um, Doom lost the world tag team titles to the Freebirds, Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes, in 6 minutes and 56 seconds. Don't care for this match. Um, if you want to see the last match as, as Doom with Ron Simmons and Butch Reed, then I guess you should watch this match as they would split up after this. Um, and so, yeah, that was that. Like I said, I was going to go a little bit of a different route with my Blind Date Diary. I was going to recap everything in depth, give you my my, my my really deep thoughts on the on the show, and then we were going to do the watch-along with Dennis and myself. But after recording a few times and, and something fucking up with the software, this new software, I went back to my current software I currently have until Kobe and I could figure this shit out. So without further ado, here we are, the main event of this podcast and of this pay-per-view, the War Games match pitting Sting, Flying Brian, and the Steiner brothers taking on Ric Flair, Larry Zabisco, who is subbing for Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, and Sid Vicious representing the Four Horsemen. But before I even get to that main event, find us on social media, Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two, Twitter handle at kicking out two, K-I-C-K-N-O-U-T and the number two, as well as all these shows from kicking out at two and every other show is part of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Search Retromania with a W and uh, you'll find this show and many great shows like a new one. we got Monday Night Marks where they talk about the Monday Night Wars and, and recap each episode of Raw and Nitro that went head to head. That should be a lot of fun. Hollywood Edwards is uh, the host of that show. Uh, cool Truth with AC. we got AC, Edwards, and White House covering AEW, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, anything but WWE. Uh, catching up, Kobe and myself, we do a once a month series where we catch up on the state of wrestling. Um, currently, you got Kicking Out of Two, Hulkamania is Dead, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Origins of Attitude, and so much other great bonus content by searching Retromania with a W on all podcast platforms available Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, and any other podcast platform available. All right, had to get the cheap plugs out of the way. Right before we get to it, the watch along, the main event. Here we go, ready to rock and roll. War Games 1991, the 30th anniversary. Thank you, Dennis, for joining me uh, this week here as we watch the main event of Wrestle War 1991 on the 30th anniversary of this uh, this pay per view event. Um, the Four Horsemen battling Sting, Flying Brian Pillman, the Steiner Brothers in a War Games matchup. Um, yeah, we're going to watch it on WWE Network. It's always exciting. Yeah, yeah, always. It's a good uh, match. Yeah, good match, fun match. Um, one of the, You brought it up earlier before we hit record. This was one of the very few uh, occasions where the Heels won the War Games match that you remembered. Uh, do you remember this match from 30 years ago? Vaguely. Okay. That, that, right. uh, I, that I knew that the Heels won. Yep. And I didn't remember the finish, but then when you... That that uh, that that we mentioned the uh, 
nasty bump that uh, that uh, Pillman took. Yeah. I was like, oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, that was that was pretty rough. Um, and and you you'll all get to watch it too. Um, WWE Network, log in. Go to the in-ring section, click the WCW section, click the WCW pay-per-view section, scroll to 1991. Once you click 1991, scroll all the way to February the 24th of 91 of that year. Click on, go to jump to, you're going to jump to the match. It's the last match at the end of the uh, the, the, the search bar on the bottom. And um, you're going to ha- have a commercial. Once that commercial uh you know, it was over with. Hit pause, and you'll be timestamped at two hours and twenty minutes, even on the button. All right. And when I say play, three, two, one, play, you're gonna hit play, and we're gonna watch this match. We're gonna have a little fun with it here on the thirtieth anniversary of uh, the Wrestle War nineteen ninety one pay per view. So, without further ado, in three, two, one, hit play. As we are here with uh the the, the cage is down they've no, already see, they fucked it up i like seeing the cage going down yeah yeah the cage yeah they i yeah i don't believe they had the cage down there. here's the horseman uh sid vicious barry windham here's an interesting tidbit i don't know if you remember this but larry zabisco had to fill in for arn anderson because arn anderson was injured what happened to arn i don't know there was some sort of injury okay and he was unable to compete in this match so they had larry zabisco stand in and uh, team with Ric Flair. And I believe Larry Zabisco was fresh off of um, his AWA run. I a- loved him in AWA. Because I think the AWA was done with in, shit, I want to say like end of 90, early 91. Okay. So. Uh, I really did like his stuff in, in, in the NWA. AWA? Yeah. Yeah, I never saw his stuff in AWA. He used to do a karate gimmick, too, I heard at one point. Yep, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I never knew that. I saw a picture of that recently. In fact, I'm going to post that on the on the, uh, the, the Kicking Out of Two social media page. And here's the Babyface team. Flying Brian, Sting, and the Steiner Brothers. I love Sting so much. You love Sting? I do. Just look at him. He looks like a fucking idiot, but he pulls it off so good. Oh, with the color scheme yeah. and everything and the paint? I liked red, white, and blue sting. It's one of my favorite looks. And the Steiners, oh, I love the Steiners. Steiners are my I know this might Steiners are my Mount Rushmore tag teams. Uh it's hard to argue. You wouldn't they wouldn't be in mine, but that uh that uh but you gotta figure like right now like uh like you still like right now? Do we still give it to Legion of Doom for being like the the best tag team in the world at right now at this point? Um, greatest of all time. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. no, I'm talking about like this. Like, let's go uh, this uh this era right now. Who do you think would be like the top tag team in the world? Um, I'm trying to think. In '91, this is February of '91. So you had Legion of Doom, you had Heart Foundation, you had Nasty Boys, you had the Steiner Brothers. Um, who else? That's a good, say, a broken Rock and Roll Express. The Rockers. Yeah. Um, I th- I'd have to go with Legion of Doom. That's what I mean. That's my problem with Steiner yeah. Brothers. I don't think there ever were like the top the top, the top team of the, their any of like their. Like projective, like like errors per se. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, like, where do you think they were like the hottest? When were they the hottest? Yeah, you think it's like the NWO stuff? 
they were pretty they were pretty on fire during that era. Yeah. Yeah, they were I mean they were definitely the top team in WCW at that point between them yeah, and Harlem Heat, Outsiders, um Faces of Fear. Yeah, I'd put them in there as a yeah. During that time period, 96, 97, yeah, they were a top team. They were the top team until the Outsiders yeah. took the titles. But the rivalry they had was pretty good, too. Right. During this era, 91, well, they were definitely the top tag team in WCW. For sure. Oh, yeah. Right in the Nuggets. Pillman to, <laughs> Pillman to Wyndham. I like Barry Windham a lot. I do too. Very underrated. I shouldn't say underrated, but definitely should have had a run, yeah. a, 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 a better run with the world title. He had that bullshit run in '93 or whatever, where he was like the the international champion or some bullshit like that. They didn't even recognize it as the world heavyweight championship. I I I guess um, now now this is 1991 February. Okay, February 24th, 1991. A few months after this, Ric Flair would leave WCW. He would take and he would take yeah, the, take the title, he, he would yeah. take the title over to the WWF in September of that year. Um, it's been rumored that this incarnation of the Horseman was set to split up at some point, leading to Flair and Barry Windham in a rivalry with Barry Windham finally getting like a, a run with face. the world championship. With Barry Windham as a babyface, yeah, absolutely. That's 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 what, you know, was was rumored to have taken place. I mean, I remember in the Four Horsemen DVD when they talked about Flair leaving, Barry Windham had even admitted he was he was pretty pissed because he didn't get his proper run with the title that he should have gotten um, during that time period. I thought it was, though that uh, his big thing was was uh, he wouldn't drop the Luger. I thought that was the big the uh, their plan. Flair. Yeah, I thought they were going to give it to Luger. They did give it to Luger. Yeah, that's. But really Flair, cool. but Flair wanted to drop it to Barry Windham. Oh, okay. Because he said that Barry was owed a run with the title. They were trying to build up to him and Flair at the Great American Bash later that year inside of a cage. Which, by the way, I told you this. Last year, that is one of the worst wrestling pay-per-views ever that we're going to have to watch. <laughs> I mean, from top to bottom. Like, if you look at the card, it's fucking bad. And the main event's Barry Windham and Lex Luger in a cage for the vacant world title. You know what I'm always going to say? My to, my to go when it comes to stinkers. Worse than uh, the ECW, uh, WWF event? I'm not cutting down. It's, 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 it's worth watching. That's how, <laughs> that's how bad it is. Like, WWE, ECW is not worth watching. Like if they don't, if they erase that off of their library, which they'll never do, but if they ever yeah. erased it off their library and like threw away all the footage, I wouldn't be against it. But the Great American Bash, nineteen ninety one, that's a pretty bad pay per view. But bad, like you should watch it so you can make fun of it. Bad, like we're gonna have a good time when we watch that. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Look at Window. Yeah, he got some color early. Yeah, he looks like he got tomato sauce on his face. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I always loved Brian Pillman. Same. Brian Pillman for me, if I'm going to start a list where like wrestlers, my favorite wrestlers I never got the the, uh, the world championship, Brian Pillman's number one. Number one. Number one. Really? Mm-hmm. 
And I think he could have too, especially the WWF. That that uh, with the, that, if he uh, didn't get in a car accident, okay, fuck his ankle up and was basically immobile. That loose that loose cannon gimmick. It was awesome. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, I agree. I think he could have been the, the champ. Title? They could have uh, a hot potato in '98. Yep. Yeah. If if he and if he was alive, uh, yeah, I think he could have. I don't know if he could have hot potatoed it then. I think he would have been a credible challenger for Austin. Maybe a quick transitional run type of thing. But during that he stage, now like, if he was healthy, if he was healthy yeah. and didn't have a fucked up ankle, that'd be a different story. We're talking a healthy Brian Pillman here. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know. But uh, I was, I was always oh, huge. the heels won the coin toss, so that means Nature Boy's in. <laughs> the heels win every coin toss. Can you think of seriously? W- I know NXT. The babyfaces have been they, winning the coin they, toss they, in the war games. Uh, yeah, the, the heels have always won the coin yeah. toss in the old war games. Yeah. <laughs> but if you think about it, how do you build the drama? There's no fucking excitement and drama in the babyfaces having the advantage the entire match in war games. Yeah, maybe it's kind of fun. I mean, it would be, yeah, it's kind of fun. I mean, we saw it in NXT. You know, yeah, you get two babyfaces just beating the shit out of the, the chicken shit heel. Yeah. See, Wyndham can hardly even hold him up. Oh, there you go. They could have made a cage a little higher, you know? Yeah, that's the one bad thing about these matches is that, like, you can't really do, you know, any kind of stuff off the top rope. Like, like you know, that's why when WWE brought the War Games concept back into NXT, they took the top off. Yeah. So they could make, you know, it, and that's fun. That You know, I think that their versions of the War Games have been really fun stuff. Um. I'd say it's the highlight of NXT. NXT is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Oh. Nice little bump there by Flying Brian. Yeah, oh, poor guy. <laughs> like, uh... Yeah, yeah you, you take, uh... Brian Pillman, like, that, that, him not doing his flying shit in a way. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, with the accident, you know, in WWF, and that, 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 you know, when he flipped his car, um, you know that, you know that that took away any kind of in-ring ability that he had. Yeah. You know, there was no more flying Brian. There was none of that. Sting, House of Fire, coming in for the baby faces, all over Barry Windham and Ric Flair. If I'm not mistaken, you know, Ric Flair, his his haircut there, that was a product of Jim Hurd, the president of WCW at the time. Did you ever hear the story no. about Jim Hurd wanting Ric Flair to change his character? Uh, yeah, yeah. He wanted to name him Spartacus. So he had Flair cut his hair and they were going to name him Spartacus. And everybody and their mother told Hurd, what are you doing? Kevin Sullivan once said, he was like, that's like trying to change Mickey Mantle's number. Yeah. You know? Or Babe Ruth's, Babe Ruth's uniform number. Like, you just don't do it. So, do you know how they're going to do it? Because everybody knows Ric Flair is Ric Flair, you know? How I don't know how they were going to do it. I don't think it ever made it fucking past the, 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 the conversation stage. I'm pretty sure it didn't. You're right. His hair it was probably one of those like things a, where, like, he... It looked like a fucked up bowl cut. Yeah. 
Oh, that was the 90s. Every kid had a haircut like that. Even I had hair like that. You had a bowl cut? <laughs> Only time I ever had a bowl cut was like 10 years ago, give or take. And uh, I highly doubt he's listening to it, to this broadcast, but a friend of mine named Dan O'Brien. Da, 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 da. Dan uh, O'Brien, da, da, if you are listening, so, so, uh, Dennis is about to da, da, fucking destroy your haircut No, 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 it's actually it's from me. Oh, okay. Da, 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 about 10 years ago, oh, okay. we made a bet. I think it was, he's a Patriot fan, and, and, uh, and I'm a Viking fan, of yep. course. And I think it was, if the Vikings, if the Vikings would have beat the Patriots, i get $100. However, Daniel O'Brien did, did had a good job and he didn't need a hundred dollars. He goes, "Well, the Patriots win, you're gonna get a fucking bowl cut and you have to rock it for a month." <laughs> that was the only time I ever got a bowl cut. Jesus, I lost a bet. <laughs> oh, nice there by Sting to Larry Zabisco. And, 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 uh, and my dad's infinite uh, wisdom. The only th- I, I hear it a million times now, but the first time I heard the the, the term "stuck and stupid." I was, I was What's your fridge. haircut? I was, I, was getting, I was in the fridge getting a snack. My dad looked at me and goes, Boy, you are stuck on fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Dad, I lost a bet. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, 27, I think. Oh, okay. Yep. And Daniel O'Brien, when our haircut was... was Done. They did it themselves. They took the bowl and took the razor. You know, yeah. They, they get professionally done. That that that's how you look more of an. Oh, so, oh yeah. What that, the that, fuck. If at least you're gonna rock the cut, get it professionally yeah, done. What that, the that, fuck? No, no, that was that's part of the your bet bad. That, that, they literally oh. took the bowl in my head. Oh, I wouldn't have. Made, I wouldn't yeah. have made that bet. No, it is. Fuck. It, but here's the funny thing. Math. I was a host of a restaurant during that time. That's even worse. So Danny O'Brien was just picturing me hosting tables with his fucking cut for a month, and that. Uh, <laughs> oh my, oh my goodness! <laughs> Can you imagine you know, a host of a restaurant of a, a fine dining restaurant that 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 uh, that that uh, um, like for example, our big day was Friday night. So that's our surf and turf forty dollars a plate night. That back in nineteen or back in two thousand and seven. That that uh, that um and uh yeah yeah that, and your host your host of the evening is uh major D of the evening is has a bowl cut. <laughs> yeah, like the like like this bowl cut that Flair's got here. Yeah, Rick Steiner, in like a house of fire. So we're even now. It's three to three. It's only yeah. four guys uh, a yeah. team. It's not five. So this match will be a little yeah, bit sorry shorter. Sorry, I got a little lost with my, my bowl cut story. No, that's all right. It made sense because Ric Flair's got one. Yeah. So, you know, we got to talk about how you... Yeah. You, know, you made, you made a point that every 90s kid had a bowl cut. Yeah. I, I didn't have sense of knowing that the bowl cut sucked. I remember as a teenager going, going why do people have this fucking stupid-ass haircut? That, 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 uh, but, uh, but yeah, then uh, mid-2000s, I did rock a bowl cut for four weeks. All four right. weeks of hell. They well, at it. least you didn't rock a fucking mullet like some of these guys, like Pillman and Sid and fucking Scott Steiner's got yeah. one. You know, I kind of almost did during quarantine when I didn't. When no one got a haircut for like six months. There's a guy I work with. At the, I almost kind of had a mullet. There's a guy I work with at the jail. I don't know him very well, but I saw him one day with his baseball hat off, and he rocks a mullet <laughs> like big time. I'm like, okay. That's like, like must be uh you know either you really think that's a bitchin' haircut and I just said bitchin' but <laughs> yeah or uh or you lost the bet but uh, I don't think he lost the bet 
From time to time, man, especially at Walmart, you actually see a good-looking woman with a guy with a mullet. And it, it just scratches my head. Because you ain't fucking the mullet. No. No, <laughs> certainly not. Speaking of fucking something up, here's Sid. Yep, Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious making his way in. That, uh... Going right for Flying Brian. Um, Steiner. What the fuck was that? You see that? What's that? He just, like, grabbed Rick Steiner and, like, stared at him and then held him. Like, it was almost like he forgot what he was supposed to do. Not many people like Sid as a horseman. I liked Sid as a horseman. What did you think of Sid as a horseman? Uh, it wasn't my favorite. Really? Yeah. That I get it that, that he was a credible big man. and like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you think of the four horsemen, you think of uh, Blanchard, Flair, Anderson... And of course, Wyndham. Yep. And it, then those guys could fucking go Ole, all night. even. You can think yeah. about Ole Anderson. Yeah, even like J.J. Dillon. That, that, uh. See, people shit on this version of the Horseman. I mean, granted, I. The worst was with Roma, but I think this oh, is yeah. the second the worst. I really do. This is the second one? No, I, I think the fucking. The second. All right, so the worst is Roma. I think the second worst is fucking the one with Mongo. See, I like. I loved fucking Benoit. That, that that was like Ben Wah's time. This is so I re- this is so I that's my that was my justification of liking that 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 four horsemen. Yeah, I had a hard time with that. And then when they were making Mongo and Benoit a tag team, I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like if I'm gonna like if, we're, if we're gonna rank four horsemen versions, obviously, I I personally like. Flair, Arn, Tully, and Barry as my number one. Yeah, that's of course. Flair, Arn, Tully, Oli. Okay, the original, the first one. Yeah. I put that at two. Flair, Arn, Tully, Luger, three. Flair, Arn, Barry, Sid, four. Flair, Arn, Benoit, Pillman, five. Flair, Arn, Benoit, Mongo, six. Then Flair, Arn, Oli Roma seven. Isn't it crazy? There were seven forms of the seven horsemen. versions of the four horsemen. I know. I like I would like to have a T-shirt that has all seven stables. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just see a lot of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson in yeah, those pictures. Still... Scott uh... Steiner, and we are even now, and the match beyond has begun, where the only way to win is to make your opponent. Like, what's submit. that in the ring? It looks like little like. Like rabbit turds or something. I think you know what it was. I think it was some of the fucking uh, the, the 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 stuff from the pyro when they did the because they did pyro on the top of the cage before okay. it came down. We just didn't see it because we went straight to the match. So I think they're like little pieces of like you know the 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 blasting caps from the pyrotechnics. You know this is 1991, so pyro was a big deal. Um, not as messy as it as it was you know 30 years ago, but. Sting with the Scorpion Deathlock here. Yeah. Looking like it's going to be over. Flair got some got some good color there. Has he got him Looks all like the way? Shit. No? Eh. Yeah, seeing Arn Anderson not in this match was a little strange. And funny thing is, like, first time I ever saw this match was a couple years ago on the network. And I didn't even know that Arn Anderson wasn't in the match. I didn't. I was like, Larry Zabisco? Yeah. What the fuck? So... Yes. I, I love Larry as a heel. I, I, I He's really a good like heel, him. yeah. I liked him in Dangerous Alliance with Arn and Bobby Eaton and Austin and Rick Rude. Yeah. 
Sid working on that shoulder. It looks like we're building towards the finish here with Sid working on the shoulder of Pillman. That's going to happen soon, right? Um, Maybe not. Yeah, somewhat, I think. Like halfway done. But, uh... <laughs> I love Larry Zabisco. Larry Zabisco. His uh his 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 WWE Hall of Fame speech was quite boring to say the least. I don't remember it. I don't know. Oh my god, he he forgot. So I was watching it with my wife, and she was like, "Is there something wrong with him? Because he's repeating himself." I'm probably nervous. And well, no, I found out in an interview with him that he left his speech in the cab on the way to the fucking building. <laughs> so he forgot like half of what he was gonna say. And he just kept going on and on and on and rambling. Oh, yeah. It was brutal. Double figure four. Quadruple figure four. There's four figure fours in the War Games match here. Okay. Dusty Rhodes on commentary with Jim Ross. It's weird that one camera, right? Mm -hmm. It looks pretty good, right? Yep. Then in the other cameras, it looks like it's like watching like... 1982. Yeah. I guess that was just the, the the way the footage was shot. That's kind of a cool imagery. He's, he's, just, yeah. he's just pressing them up against <laughs> yeah. the, the ceiling of the cage. That's the um, Doctor Death. Steve Williams used to do that spot when he used to be in the War Games matches. He used uh-huh. to do that to the to the heels. That's a yeah. That's a Doctor Death spot. Power press up against the ceiling of the cage. Yeah. Oh, I was a big fan of Doctor Death. It breaks my heart that his WWF run was. A, uh, oh, it was awful. Yeah, was just bad. like Sid's clothesline there. That was fucking awful. Yeah. Oh, no, I was about to mention Steve Mongo McMichael, worst clothesline in in the in the history of the business. Steve Mongo McMichael, let me tell you he, something. When you knew uh, his opponent, I don't know why they could, 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 always did it too. That the, the, the opponent be like. On, like, like you know, like uh, hanging on on the ropes, right? Mm-hmm. Then he would do the clothesline and trying to like make him go over. Yep. He would botch that every fucking time. You have Twitter? Um, yeah, I think I do. Yeah. You should follow this account called Mongo and Friends, and it's pretty much <laughs> all video clips of Mongo's botches must, in wrestling. It's hilarious. The, the, Absolutely the, hilarious. But the one the game, fact that they allowed him to wrestle as often as they did, I just was I, I was baffled. Yeah, it wasn't like now it wasn't like he wasn't a great personality. Okay, he had a personality. All he, right, he was actually an okay he, announcer. He he can yeah he was he, he was a colorful personality on the yeah. mic. You know, cut a decent promo. In ring, once that bell rang, oh my god, I want to change the fucking channel. See what I mean? Look like fucking nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Yeah, right there with the the over the shoulder shot. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> Mongo and Michael. Yeah, that uh, woo chop, uh, woo chop. Who who think would be worse? Uh, and the, but the two that comes to mind when it comes to like bad wrestling, but Great Khali didn't really botch. He just couldn't do anything. That the, the Great Khali and and, and uh, Mongo and Michael. Or like the two that come in mind, who I think are worst wrestlers of all time. Mongo's, uh, yeah, I, I would have to agree. Two of the worst, yep. Giant Gonzalez, Eligante. Yeah. He's another one. 
Yeah, the, he was pretty bad. Yeah, no, no real training whatsoever. Yeah, that that uh, I would, I'll die in a cell. That the worst WrestleMania match of all time was uh, Undertaker Giant Gonzalez. It just has to be so fucking bad. Yeah, it's hard not to argue that one. It's yeah. funny that oh, the same person. I think we're coming up on the finish. The same person, the Undertaker, is arguably in the best WrestleMania match and, and the, the worst. worst. That's that's quite. Po- oh, here we go. This is it. Now I don't know if they meant to do this or. Oh, he's gonna hit the top, right? <laughs> oh, Jesus da, 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 da. Christ! Oh man! Oh, see, like, and he checked him. Oh man! He's <laughs> oh, gonna do it again. It's because Pil- the Pil- fucking Pillman Pil- probably told. Yeah, exactly. Pillman probably told him to do it again. Now there's a real power bomb. He could have got, dude. But I think they sold it too, so that like, you know, the way he landed, and because of the shoulder issues that he, yeah. his character had, that like that's how they they. Speaking of uh, which, there he, he is. He's a face here, though. Isn't he's he? a baby face. Yeah. yeah, he's like friends with all these guys, and he's you know. What's he gonna do? He's not even in the match. He's here to check on his friend. He's taller than the fucking cage. Look at him. They didn't even pin him. They just stopped the match. No, that's the thing. Is that like you could like the the whole point of war games is like you know you make your team surrender or somebody throws in the towel. I guess fucking oh, Ellie, I guess Giant Gonzalez Eligante right. is, is you know throwing the towel. Look at him. He's just dragging him. Just dragging him along here. That's right. I totally forget the the, the, the worst finish of of any war games with the uh, shock baxter with the the bear hug. Oh, yes, that's right. We watched that. Yep. Fall Brawl, 93. That was one of the very first episodes you, you were a part of on, our, on this show. And look how many you've done now. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, and, so, I, and I appreciate all the... I, I, I always have fun being on these podcasts, you know? And that's it, though, huh? Yeah, and this uh, this was fun here as usual. Um, strange and a very very strange finish, but yep. See the replay here. Ah, yeah. uh, don't, don't. Jesus, I could have been so bad. You know what the worst part is? Is that that looks terrible. That looks like it hurts. Okay, which I'm sure it does to some degree. Yeah, but there have been worse looking bumps since. I take fucking uh, the the worst the worst bump that that in my opinion that uh, um, the giant and Kevin Nash that power bomb. That, that was brutal too. Uh, that, that's that's probably uh, as close as we ever seen uh, a wrestler die from 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 a move on on television. Yeah. On television. Oh yeah. This here we see the uh, the horseman leaving. Flair, Sid, they're out. <laughs> Flair just pull cut. Now we got. Look at this. Let's fucking. Jr. Dusty and Nick Dusty Patrick. Dusty in Florida, nineteen eighty one. This was, you know, the funny thing is, this was his return to the company. He was with WWF a month before at the Royal Rumble. He tagged with his son Dustin against DiBiase and Virgil, and then That's he right. left the company. And then they brought him back to kind of be the booker. So he booked himself to be the the, the color commentator for the night with Jr. And that's how they brought Dusty Rhodes back. American Dream, baby. That's right. In public, if you will. Um. Yeah. So, so what'd you think of this War Games? Thirty years later. Um, it'll, it'll go down as in the middle, not the worst. In the middle, the yeah. I would have to agree with you. I'd have to agree with you. I'm glad you were able to 
sit back and watch me. Glad you were all able to watch with me as well. Um, I think it's about that time that we officially put this show down for the three count. We'll see you all next week.